Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. The Mekong River was considered by many early explorers to be among the wildest rivers on the planet. It covers a distance of nearly 5,000 kilometres from its source up on the Tibetan Plateau in China all the way down to the Mekong Delta. The river flows through six countries, China, Myanmar, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia and Vietnam. Its daunting rapids and narrow, raging gorges fan out to the famous Mekong Delta, the site of so much fighting and gunboat activity during the Vietnam War. Travel correspondent Rod Army knows the Mekong well. He's taken voyages along it a few times over the past decade. And his latest was aboard a retro-styled 48-guest vessel called the Jahan. And it began on the banks of the river at Kampong Cham, 50 kilometres northeast from Cambodia's capital, Phnom Penh. Rod, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Thanks for having me back, Phil. Always a pleasure. How much of the Mekong is, is cruisable anyway? Well, that's a really interesting, uh, interesting question because most of the cruising takes place on what's known as the lower Mekong. Yeah. So that's basically a, an area that includes uh, Sim Rip mm-hmm. and the Tonle Sap, um, which is that um, immense, very, very shallow waterway that's only tris- um, navigable for you know half the year. Um, Sim Rip, of course, is typified by the fabulous uh, um, Angkor Wat temples, yep. and that stretches all the way down almost to Phnom Penh, and then the river itself, the, the Mekong, heads north um, to where Kampong Chang, where we uh, where we got out of the um, got on and off the ship. Now, I travelled previously in high water and low water, and I've done this, did this again in the low water. And I think if I had a choice, I would probably do the lower Mekong in the high water season because um, if you want to go to Sim Rip, and that's always on the program, you've got to spend um, a good couple of hours in a coach or a bus um, from Phnom Penh or Kampong Chung to uh, Sim Rip, uh, which is not a highlight for me. (laughs) I'd rather be on the water, frankly. Um, And then... That river itself st- extends all the way down through uh, Chopei, all the way down to the Mekong Delta into Vietnam. And uh, that that's navigable all the way through. That's quite wide and that's quite busy and it's it's a real thoroughfare. You know, it's like um, it's like the Hume Highway of mm-hmm. the um, of rivers. So you've got quite a lot of commerce, um, small container vessels even going up and down that area. The French built a canal joining the, the Delta to Saigon, which can sometimes be navigable if you've got the right size <laughs> That's vessel. That's right. They really thought that they'd tame the Mekong, didn't they? The yeah, it bit French. them in the bum, actually, in the, in the derriere. Yeah. Um, in fact, in the uh, 1860s, the... Um, the um, French naval commander, Captain <laughs> Captain Legray? Legray, Captain Ernest Dugas Legray, and his 25... Uh, uh, intrepid souls decided that they would um, set off on two of these tiny little steamboats loaded with uh, lots of champagne and uh, goodies and set off on a scientific expedition to the uh, upper reaches of the Mekong. But of course, what they did find and what we still exist to this very day is a, uh, a set of quite rocky and impenetrable rapids which effectively separates the upper Mekong from the lower, from Me- the lower Mekong. Mekong. Yeah. And, and you can't really pass between the two no, of them. No, not easily. In fact, they built some ad hoc railway to get their boats from one side to the other. I don't know how long it took them or how many died trying to do it, but it was not a practical uh, exercise as it turned out. So, But you can, and this is something I hope to come back to you, Philip, with a story on cruising on the upper Mekong, because I've been trying to do that for years, because the boats that uh, cruise on that area between Vietnam and uh, um, La Prabang and all the way up to um, 
So they would to, cruise all the way, what, from, from Cambodia all the way up through Laos, would they? They do. I mean, they run along, I mean, the, the, the upper Mekong forms the border between Thailand and Laos, yeah. um, all along that upper, um, that northern reach there. So that is a, a, a cruising uh, destination in itself. And the, the boats that, to, that do that are much smaller. They have to be built on location. Of course, they can't be um, trucked in or, or mm. freighted in, so they have to be built um, on site. Uh, and that's a very, very busy waterway in itself and quite popular. But it's uh, much less developed. It's it's a raw experience uh, on the upper Mekong. And again, I'm I'm t- talking to you from um, having read um, extensively and, and other people's uh, journals and so forth, but I haven't had the pleasure of first-hand experience on that. So mm. in terms of can you sail or can you cruise the whole Mekong? Yes, you can, but you have to do it in two separate You have to do two separate Yeah, two upper separate and lower. Yeah. 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 So which bit of – so you were in the Jahan. Tell us about this. No, this is upper or lower. This is this is all lower. lower yeah. yeah. So okay. the big the big name cruise vessels uh, are all cruising on the lower. lower. All mm. the big cruise companies that you care to name um, have got most of their fancy pants vessels on the lower Mekong. And is uh, there more to see on the lower Mekong? Look, there is because you've got the Uncle Wat and oh, Sim Rip, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, and you've got cities like Phnom Penh, mm-hmm. um, which is becoming increasingly unrecognisable. I mean, I first visited uh, Phnom Penh 20 years ago, and I'm sure many of the listers even earlier than that, and they'll remember the dusty sort of barren streets and the beautiful old um, French architecture. Uh, and, of course, Phnom Penh, as we all remember, was a complete ghost town in the mm. late 1970s in that uh, dreadful Khmer Rouge period. Mm. So now it's uh, had an influx of um, foreign capital that's come from up north, and uh, and it's these gleaming glass and marble towers are sort of taking sure. over. Tell us about the Jahan. This is a quite a stylish vessel, by all accounts. Yeah, it's look, a, I, I sort love... of retro styled thing. <laughs> I called it steampunk, even yeah. because you know you've got a lot of these faux. Uh, forty-eight antique, guests only. For only forty-eight, fifty if you if you roll out mm. the fold-away bed or something like that. But and and really lovely. You know, old style stuff. Um, there's a sister ship for the, from the Heritage Line called the Jaya uh, Varman, mm-hmm. uh, which I had sailed on previously. It's not quite as stylish. This one is a little fancier, bit, a little bit smaller, a little bit fancier. But, you know, you've got um, uh, a beautiful little dining room there and you've got chefs cooking in front of you and you've, and you've, you've table service. You've got drinks included and you've got that lovely uh, experience of sitting out on the open deck um, with you know, gin and tonic looking very imperious uh, as you gaze over the villages as that so the panorama sort of rolls slowly past you. And, uh, you know, the, the, the ship stops uh, once or twice a day um, and uh, they throw a gangplank off the side uh, onto the bank and mm-hmm. off you, you scurry off there and often a, sometimes in a... Um, in a tuk-tuk or sometimes in a, a rickshaw and off on an excursion or, or walking even to the villages to see the local handicrafts, which include anything from carving or silverware or earthenware or, or mm-hmm. brickware, brickwork or clay, or and then you've got temples and, and so forth. And um, Silk weaving is also, when you get close to Phnom Penh, the silk weaving is quite a prominent industry. And, and a lot of that industry is also developed from... Um, uh, disadvantaged people, single mothers, and mm-hmm. have, have got developed their own industry, and they're doing really well, and they're producing beautiful stuff. 
So does this does this the Jahan stop at Anglewatt or not? Uh, the, well, in high water season, it will. Ooh, It'll yeah. go all the way up to Sim Rip across the Tonsap. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, I was there just on the cusp, uh, August September, just as on the uh, the end of the high water season. And unfortunately, I uh, we did have to um, do the bus trip, yeah, mm-hmm. on the buses. So, but it, you know, even if you go a high or low water season. Um, to take the detour to see Angkor Wat, if you've never seen it, of course. Um, I've never seen it. You, yeah, it's, you know, worth, it's worth it, though. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, it really is. And, um, I mean, when I first went there 20 years ago, you could sort of wander around and you could shoot a cannon through the place, not anybody. And uh, But now, of course, with this enormous influx of tourists over the last 20 years, uh, millions, in fact, mm. um, you've got... Uh, much more controlled circumstances. You've got uh, roped-off pathways, and once upon a time you could scurry up the stairs uh, up to the top of the temple, but now they've built a wooden walkway over the top of the original stairs, partly for safety and partly to preserve the the structure underneath, as you can imagine, because everybody scrambling up there would gradually wear away the um, the rocks. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of preservation work going, and people have visited. I'm sure will remember that uh, at some point or another, uh, there will be a lot of scaffolding uh, on the temple. Well, most of that is gone now, thankfully. Um, so you can take your photograph um, with your reflections in the at dawn in the water without worrying about um, all the scaffolding that's that's been on there. Rest. Like I tell you, what I did notice. Now, mm. I mean, you know yourself that the whole anchor what. Um, complex is this vast metropolis and extends right out into the into the, the jungle. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got, I mean, all these. Has uh, it all been excavated or not? Not all not, of it, but no. and and new bits are being found all the time. Um, and our guide took us right off into the jungle to a completely unexplored um, temple that was completely derelict. And we were the only ones there, mm. um, which was very interesting. And some of the temples, particularly around um, Uncle Tom, and also around. Um, Oh, it escapes me for the moment. The one where we did, uh, where Angelina Jolie filmed Tomb Raider back uh, twenty years ago, uh, where the you know you've got the roots growing through the um, the ruins. That uh, iconic uh, images of that. A lot of those ones have been rebuilt now. The Indians have been there because it's a Hindu. There's Hindu temples, and they've, mm-hmm. they've Indians have come in with their archaeological teams, and they've meticulously reconstructed a lot of these temples. Okay. Uh, so the first time I was there, it was just a pile of rocks, and now there's this exquisitely reconstructed temple, very uh, to the original specifications. So it's quite a quite a job, and that's most impressive to see that, Philip. Mm. I've got to say. Mm. Yes, all right. The uh, I mean, there's been some rebuilding. It's just so the the government's fixed up the road between Siem Reap and oh, Nom, thank Nom goodness, thank goodness. Uh, it was a so the road trip's not not as bad as it was. <laughs> My goodness, I've got to tell you, the first few times, um, it, it wasn't. You couldn't even call it a road. You just mm. called it a series of potholes. And um, but I've got to say now, um, during the COVID uh, quiet time, the government was very busy. That all the streets around Siem Reap. And out into the um, to the countryside, and all the way from Simrip to uh, Nom Pen and around Nom Pen, are sealed to a very high standard. I mean, they're like billiard table standard, mm. and um, I'm very impressed with that. And that made the trip um, otherwise a little bit of a um, mm. uh, arduous trip quite uh, quite more comfortable on those roads. You'd like you'd like to reflect, Joe, on the uh, fact that you made it back safely, <laughs> but just back to Capitan de la Grey. This is the French and his expedition. Yeah. Uh, 
in two minuscule steam-driven gunboats with a quantity of liquor, <laughs> flour, trade, guns and trade, trade goods. goods yeah. And they were trying to get from the bottom of the Mekong all the way to the top. To China. He did. He, he did, didn't he? But he, he never made it back. No, unfortunately, he succumbed to um, tropical diseases uh, or malaria or, or, you know, or beriberi or, or a combination of all those and, and yeah, didn't make it back. I'm not sure how many of his... Um, uh, how many of his party also succumbed to to that? There probably would only have been a handful that that mm. made it back because that that would have been pretty pretty arduous going in those times in the eighteen sixties. Mm. But uh, but the French were there right up until um, to World War Two when the Japanese yeah, kicked, kicked say, them out briefly. And I was going to ask you about that because these days, of course, in Cambodia, it's all the Chinese, aren't they? The Chinese are taking over. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to say that, Philip, but yes, the Chinese are very prominent in yeah. in, the, in everything they're doing. They, in fact, they've taken over a couple of um, a couple of the Previously, uh, the resort town of uh, Sinokville down on the mm. on the coast uh, is um, not what it used to be. Mm. Let's just put it that way. They've ruined it, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> to put it mildly, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. But um, look, uh, uh, there are. That's one of the reasons why I'm hoping to get to the Upper Mekong very soon because that's much less developed, and uh, it's also on the border of Laos. And uh, Laos, I'm going to stick my neck out and say I believe Laos is going to be the next big place um, that attracts tourists. My colleague of mine, Mark Daffy, was there recently and wrote some beautiful articles and took some photographs of that. So that's that story's in the wild. And I think um, it won't be mm. long till we see um, uh, Laos taking off as, as the tourist destination, mm. as Cambodia did 20 years ago and Vietnam, you know, 30 years before that. Sure. They're, they're planning big dam. It's on the Mekong, oh, aren't they? Oh my this goodness! Is me. Another, this is yeah. another thing too. Yeah. Well, look, this is upstream in Thailand and China. Well, it, a lot of that stuff is dictated by the Chinese, unfortunately, and uh, Thailand are, um, are willing participants in this plan, and uh, they're damming it for but for flood mitigation and for agriculture and power generation, all those things. Mm. The problem with that is, and and your listeners will know this, is fact that that the cycle of flood and drought for rivers is part of the yep. natural process. Exactly. And, uh, and when the floods um, spread out over the um, over the plains, that nourishes those plains and revitalises them from an agricultural point of view. And if that uh, flooding process is removed, then that land will become degraded and won't be arable anymore. And that's a great shame. And the people right down to the end of the Mekong and the Vietnamese and the, and the Cambodians and the lower areas are... are, 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 are Concerned, quite justifiably yeah, yeah. concerned, because they're, they're, you know, what has been a um, a cycle of of, of life giving uh, floods over centuries, and yeah. what's which made the Mekong and other rivers in Asia exactly. like, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. fingers crossed. All right, the Mekong River, the mighty Mekong River. Uh, see it, see it while it's while you can. I guess. So, Thank you, Philip. Mm, yes, yeah. yes. Get up there. All right, Rod. Good to talk. Thanks again, Phil. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.